This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? That's a great question. Why, why is that something to marvel at, guys? Why is it something to even question? If He is even there, God, if He even exists, then He is the one who spoke the cosmos into existence with a word. And we think it's somehow improbable that he brought somebody back from the dead? How great is our God? In today's message from Pastor Robert, he reminds us of how great God really is. We shouldn't marvel and then question that God can raise the dead. God spoke the cosmos into existence with a single word. It shouldn't be improbable for him to raise the dead. We should praise him for being so great. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 25, with today's message. I, with today's message. His love is the man. It's never happened before. It couldn't possibly. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so people write it off. Don't understand it. Therefore, don't believe it. Simple as that. There's no doubt in their minds that Jesus had died. The only problem was Paul was saying that he was alive. How could that possibly be? You know, Paul actually wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians fifteen six about the resurrection. He said, the resurrected Jesus, the risen the risen Christ appeared at one time to more than 500 men, most of whom, Paul said, are still alive. In other words, there are nearly 500 eyewitnesses that you could question about this if you wanted to. They're still around. They're living. They're, they saw it. Now, you know, we're so far removed from this in human history now that I, I think we miss, we miss the importance of that. We miss the, the significance of it. You know, what if this afternoon, God forbid, you know, so we walk out the front door of the church here and some guy comes running by and, and he reaches out and, and, and he grabs one of the ladies' purse, you know, headed up Washington Avenue and he snatched the, the purse. And two or three of you actually look him in the eye. You, you, see, you see him clearly. A couple of other of you managed to tackle the guy. He's arrested, he's taken to jail, and he goes to trial. And so they, they call the, the two or three who were solid eyewitnesses. Do you, do you think the guy stands a chance of saying, it wasn't me, I didn't do it? No, no. Because if we have two or three eyewitnesses, what more do you need? There's no question about it. Even in the scripture, God said, you know, if you're going to bring any kind of accusation against somebody, let it be from the mouth of two or three witnesses. You need to be sure need to be certain. We want everything to be, to be done, you know, above board. Do you understand? Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, he says, there were 500 eyewitnesses who saw him alive and walking around weeks after they killed him. 
And most of them, a few of them have died, but most of them are still alive. They're available to be interviewed. They're available to, to give their testimony. The resurrection is, there's a lot of evidence. There's, it's pretty well you know, taken care of, pretty well documented, if you will. There's no doubt that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And Paul is, you know, time and again, that's the central message that he's communicated. All revolves around that. It, you know, if, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then all we have here is a book of good ideas. If, if Jesus is only a great prophet, a brilliant teacher, then he is also either, as C.S. Lewis worded it, a liar or a lunatic. Because among all of the great teachings and good ideas, he claimed to be God in the flesh. He, there's no doubt about it. He, he put it out there. He claimed to be the only way to the Father. The other thing that I want you to notice from this, or, or maybe I, I, I should say try to imagine it with me, is that there's a cosmic confrontation taking place here in, in Caesarea that's just mind-boggling. How many of you saw the, the, the wedding of Prince Charles and, and Diana going way back, way back? All of the, the royal regalia, right? All of the splendor of Great Britain on display, the jewels and the uh, just, you know, pomp and ceremony, right? That's what we had taken place here. Not wasn't a wedding, but it was an official state visit. Here you've got King Agrippa and Bernice in all of their regal splendor with the commanders, the, the Roman tribunes, the commanders of thousands coming as massive entourage, coming into this auditorium with the governor of Judea, Festus, in all of his royal finery. The, you know, Rome ruled the world. Do you understand? This was the world government. This was the empire of the age and all of its splendor. These rulers coming in with all of their people, the prominent men of the city gathered around. And, and then here's this man that history tells us was just a little half cripple guy in chains. And he's brought in into the middle of them all. And you can be sure that they were all seated around him, but above him. Have you ever been in that kind of setting? You, you know, watch C-SPAN sometime. You know, you got the guy testifying and he's sitting down like this, right? And the guys that are taking his testimony, they're up here somewhere. That's deliberate. I mean, you know, this is, there's a, there's an intimidation factor. It's studied in depth. I mean, interrogation techniques are not arbitrary. You know what I mean? It's all very deliberate. You know, make sure you're, you know, that you see them where they, there's no clock in the room and their chair, your chair can roll around, but his chair shouldn't move. And you don't want to have anything between you and them like a desk. Just, I mean, it's all very, very, very planned out. Well, this was planned out. He's surrounded by the finery. He's surrounded by the regalia. This, the, but he wasn't intimidated. I love this. As we read it, you see, he wasn't intimidated. Why not? Well, because he knew who was in charge. He understood who he represented. I mean, here you've got the pride of the earth in all of its weakness and insecurity, dressed up, I mean, jewels and robes and crowns and splendor. And, and then you've got this represent ambassador from eternity in chains. Standing in the middle of the circle. Power of humility in the midst of all the pride. 
Verse 24, Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who are here present with us, you see this man, about whom the whole assembly of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here, crying out that he was not fit to live any longer. But when I found that he'd committed nothing deserving of death and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I decided to send him. I have nothing certain to write to my Lord concerning him. Therefore, I've brought him out before you, especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after the examination has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable to send a prisoner and not to specify the charges against him. Do you hear what Festus is saying? He's like, I don't have anything to accuse the guy of. We've got to come up with something here. I can't just send him to Caesar on an appeal. There's no charges against him. I don't know what to say. He hasn't done anything. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you're permitted to speak for yourself. Now, picture this, you know, he's this little guy, he's stooped over, he's there in chains, he's surrounded by all this finery, and, and he stretches out his hand and says, I'm so glad to be here. Look at it. <laughs> I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I'm accused by the Jews, especially because you're an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. Paul says, now, this may take a while. Just be patient. I'm just so glad to have this opportunity to, to, to talk to you, King Agrippa. Verse 4, my manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived. A Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes earnestly serving God day and night hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I'm accused by the Jews. And then he asked the most profound question. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? That's a great question. Why, why is that something to marvel at, guys? Why is it something to even question? If he is even there, God, if he even exists, then he is the one who spoke the cosmos into existence with a word. And we think it's somehow improbable that he brought somebody back from the dead. Why? We think in such earthbound ways. Our perspectives are so temporal and, and so limited, so finite. It's essential that we understand that there's nothing difficult for God, certainly nothing impossible. It's not at all a problem for him to bring somebody back to life. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast.
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.